I'm on the microphone. You best to wear your sweater, cause I'm cooler than the polar bear's toenails. Oh, hell, then he go again. Talking that shit. All right, everybody. You're listening to another edition of the Totally Corrupt Podcast. It's episode 108, and today is January 19th, 2022. And today marks one year of the Biden presidency. And today's press conference, people, well, it was embarrassing. And then the UK announces they dropped all their mask mandates. Biden's still trying to push for his, so let's get right into it. We'll give the captain a call and uh, get his reaction. Here we go. This is the captain speaking. Captain, how you doing, buddy? I'm actually in a perfect mood tonight. Right on. I actually got everything kind of dialed in on my end. How are you doing? I just yep. got done watching, you know, little uh, Hannity, and he just crucified, I mean, crucified Biden about his speech and the one year of his glorious presidency. He could barely get out any cognitive, like, thought. Every time he was pressed on something, I mean, he even tried to blame it on the media. Okay, so put it this way: this is the first. This is the first time in three hundred and some odd days we have actually seen him perform. Think about this: how many world leaders did he like meet? And he's like, "Ah, I just pooped my pants." And they did call him Poopy Biden for a reason. We forget about that. Yeah. Uh, what did he say infamously? My butt's been wiped. Well, here's the other stunner about Biden this week. Um, did you hear? I, I believe it was on Martin Luther King Day. He said that George Floyd's death uh, impacts over impacted clips, more over, people. In back, uh, over clips, he basically said it over clips uh, Martin Luther King, and it's like, and then he, the guy. I mean, seriously, Martin Luther King is is one person. George Floyd is another. There's two different eras in time for it. The most impact, obviously, was from Martin Luther King. Obviously. Obviously. Martin Luther King did not try to pass a fake counterfeit $20 bill at a convenience shop. Uh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't hold a pregnant woman uh, host, uh, uh, hostage at gunpoint, threatening to shoot her in the stomach with her. Uh, she was pregnant. I think I think that was somebody he impregnated. Yeah, I'm not. Martin Luther King's message always was positive, positive. Protest in peace. Walk peacefully. Do these things in peace. And then the George Floyd. Was any of that peaceful? Any of those uh, protests peaceful? No. Listen. No. Uh, yeah. The fight against the elites is who's to blame. They are the gatekeepers of information and truth. Facebook, Twitter, corporate media, uh, lies from the government officials, lies from scientists, lies from doctors, and a lot of these petitions that are trying to kick Joe Rogan off the air. I mean, I know it takes a lot more than that, but you're not a goddamn physician. You're not practicing medicine. You don't have patients that you're operating on that are life or death situations. And there's there's one of those uh, uh, 
emails I sent you today, or not an email, but I'm hoping we can link it on our uh, podcast from uh, Texas. Oh, about, I shared this uh, on our I shared this on our Gitter at Totally Corrupt. Uh, the the woman who in Texas who was forced out of her job as a nurse because of her she COVID. wasn't just forced out. She wasn't just forced COVID out. Use. Did you see all of the? Uh, these are doc. These are doctors and nurses and EMTs that are sitting there, and she was sitting there saying that she is tired of being silenced because she has no option with these. Uh, uh, those monoclonal, what do they call them? Uh, mono, the, monoclonal antibodies. Okay. So she doesn't have access to this any, anymore because it's non-existent. So she gives them a high dose of vitamin C, a high dose of something else. High dose of steroids. How do, how dose of steroids and also a high dose of Iver. The horse dewormer, yeah. you know, that uh, well, Rogan took. <laughs> and the thing is, is like she's frustrated at the fact, and we're all going to look at back at this as Americans. We were sold a fact that you get a shot and you're good, right? But nobody, it's 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 nobody told us about therapeutics. And if you have any sort of, I mean, I used to be a, a an athletic trainer. I mean, I went to school for three years to understand the human body, and sometimes it needs to just recover. There's not a cure-all, but you need to have options. And that's why they call it like a doctor. A doctor is practicing medicine. Every day he goes to work, even though he has a degree on the wall, he gets paid a lot of money, he is still practicing medicine. He is a scientist that is testing and judging his hypothesis i want to know who's his, his, his practicing hold on. medicine hold on he's 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 literally testing on his patients what works what doesn't some you know i mean think about if you ever had to go to a, a um, therapist and they start giving you a, um medication for your head and they don't know what works they just sit there and see hey how did that make you feel and you're like i feel anxious i feel and they then they refine it, and then they try to get you on a. So it's practicing medicine. That's what they practice. And this whole thing with the COVID thing, it's like you get the shot or you don't. And if you don't, you're a bigot, and you you know you know you know you don't like people, and you're trying to kill people. And and it's like, well, if you got the shot, you're you're supposed to be protected. So if I don't get the shot, you actually should be okay if I die because that's my choice. You know, my body, my choice. But all of a sudden. They're finding out the vaccines don't work like they were uh, packaged. People that have gotten boosted Israel, have gotten shot. Israel just said today that natural immunity is superior. And then the UK it, just dropped all of their mask mandates, period. Boris Johnson just announced it today. Joe Rogan is one of the first and loudest voices that ever spoke that truth. He goes, hey, it sounds to me out of the... Per- and and that's the thing that pisses me off. When that reporter questioned Dana, when he was sitting there and he's like, "Hey, I got COVID," and you know, we're talking about the UFC, you know, Dana White, right? Um, he goes, "Yeah, when I first got it, I go, hey, my buddy, my great buddy Joe got it, and he got over it. So one of the first things I did was call him, 
after I talked to him, I called my doctor and I think, I think this is the best game plan. What do you think? And he goes, yeah, let's do it. So it's approved by his doctor. And there's this reporter sitting there going, well, he looks at Dana and he goes, well, you know, see, he goes, this is what I did. This is what I did. This is what I did. And the, and the guy goes, well, are you a doctor? And I wanted, I really wanted Dana to say no, but I have one. It's like, if I give a legal opinion, if I get in trouble with the law, I'm going to get a lawyer. I'm going to hire a lawyer. And I don't know law like a lawyer does. That's why you hire people. So he has a doctor. He goes, hey, this is what I think we should do. What do you think? He goes, yeah, let's do it. Boom. He's over in four days. And the guy's like, well, yeah, you did that. But are you a doctor? And it's like, do you not think this guy actually got opinions from professionals that that's their industry? It's like people think we're making these own decisions up ourselves. No, we're actually consulting professionals that know what they're talking about. And then allow me to make a, a good decision. And then once I can make a good decision, we see what happens. I want to obviously it worked out well for those guys. I want to know who's practicing medicine on Joe Biden. I mean, it's pretty clear he's got some cognitive issues, dementia, what they, have you. We've been talking about I this actually, for a long time. I'm just saying. I think they already tried to download his consciousness into a new body and just make it look old and something went wrong. So we were just down at uh, uh, Joe Kent's town hall meeting uh, in the southwestern region of Washington State. And uh, we got to meet with our guy, Joe Kent, once again. And uh, he, he, you know he went off on Biden. He said the first thing he wants to do is impeach that guy as soon as he gets in, along with all the other Republicans that are going to take over the House in this red wave. He, he said a lot of things that were really stood out to me that really held. Because you got to understand that Biden is president for four years. And the midterms are halfway into the presidency. So he did say something at one point where it's like, you got to realize that this is a, a two, four and six year goal. Like, like two years, two years, we're going to stand our ground. We're going to stand our ground. We're going to be firm. We're going to be like, you're not going to push us anymore. You really need to open up that pipeline. But, you know, other than that, you know, and the big thing is he wasn't going to take high end money. He, he's not a guy that's going to take high end money. He wants local donors, uh, small donors, um, very respect that because Gra that's a harder grassroots. path. Well, it's a harder path to run. It's not an easy path. He's got momentum. He also, he, well, yeah, but he also wants to take the path where he is not, um, he is not attached to the hip to some corporate interests. Everybody sees that it's clear that the election was stolen. I think it's clear that there was election flawed. We talk, we talk about that uh, for hours I, last I, night. He, uh, Joe Kent was talking about transfer of data. He works in the security industry for the government at one point. Right. Where it's like if you have any USB-A connection or it USB, goes on the USB, internet. Yeah. USB connection or it goes on the internet, it's not safe. It can be compromised. Right. And the thing is, we need to... It's like doing an audit. If, if, like, 
you got one machine, you got a whole bunch of machines everywhere. Well, you know how many papers you're going to process, process them, have an audit sheet at the end, compare notes with all the other places, make sure nobody double voted, make sure everybody's clean and, you know, the signature, whatever, whatever is supposed to be legal, legal. But it's like, it, it reminds me of the night when I fell asleep and saw Trump had a 750,000 lead. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to wake up in the morning and feel great. And I woke up in the morning and it's like, oh, Biden is the new president. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Well, here, you know, let's, um, let's get our friend uh, Joe Kent on the line here uh, with his commentary on uh, Biden's first year in office. Here we go. Appreciate you joining us this evening. Um, hey, man, we were really talking about uh, Biden and uh, his speech today, and I know you're leading a charge to potentially get this guy impeached. I just wanted to hear your reaction on what you saw go down today. Uh, man, there's a lot to unpack there because it was so long and incoherent. I mean, <laughs> the big thing I think that people should focus on is uh, is the Ukraine issue um there's been plenty of people in the national security establishment including republicans too that have really been trying to push for a conflict in ukraine and that's probably like a longer discussion as to why but really the military industrial complex is always looking for its next war and there's that whole narrative there behind putin just being this classic bad guy um that we're designed to fight as opposed to the chinese communist party which is way more dangerous but we're not really designed to fight um but that, that chatter has been going on now, I think, probably since Biden came into office. And there's been a lot of buildup because, you know, at the end of the day, Putin knows that Biden is weak. And so he's been posturing heavily into Ukraine. I don't think this is a conflict that we should care about, that we should need. We should be spending our efforts on not just securing our country, but trying to pull Russia away from China. That's the key thing, I think. Um, but instead, we're, we're doing this escalation. And today at the press conference, Biden had that incredibly reckless gaffe. And, and, you know, it's the question is, is it a gaffe or is this, you know, is this part of an overall strategy? Biden's just so mentally not there that, you know, I think he's basically being taken advantage of. So he said that basically we would tolerate an incursion. He thinks basically Putin's going to do an incursion. I was just screenshotting it because then Saki, of course, followed up and basically said, well, if Putin does anything offensively to to Ukraine, we will react in the most severe way possible with our allies. Like very heavy saber rattling with Biden at the same time, green lighting and, and essentially green lighting or inviting a uh, an invasion. So it sounds like <clears throat> almost like a setup. Like now Putin does sort of have this green light to go and do something offensive in Ukraine, which he's done before the last time that Biden was in the White House, ironically enough. Um, but then you're going to have the vast majority of people on the left and right, this bipartisan uniparty military industrial complex with the media in their pocket saying like, yeah, well, now now we have to do something against Putin because democracy is on the line. So pretty scary stuff, actually. Right. I don't think we got to see uh, the strongest of our fearless leader here. Um, I mean, no. his, his body language really <laughs> said it all. I mean, there was, I think one of the, most defeating times was when he was just basically trying to, he goes, and there's MSNBC and then there's Fox and you guys, it's the way you guys report media and stuff. Well, I thought the media was on his side and his poll numbers. He was trying to defend too. That was just scary. I don't Yeah, The whole thing. And yeah, and he basically said the elections weren't going to be legit. If Republicans won, like that's just kind of like, at this point I kind of just laugh at it because you know, 
we, we know the state of play, but the, the war stuff is what really concerns me. But the whole thing was a disaster. And, and you got to ask yourself, like, the people that are around him every day that have pushed this guy forward, why would they put him out there like that? It just, this isn't, this isn't just uh, a weak president being pandered to by the media and staff. This is something far more uh, dangerous, I think, you know, because I, I think there's a, whatever you want to define it, a pull up bureau of actors that are behind Biden. And now they've, they've, I think they've essentially assessed that Biden's no longer useful to them. And so they're, they are leaving him out, hang, hanging him out to dry. Uh, consequences be damned almost. Yeah. I, I, I've, I, I've noticed, hey, Joe, this is Danny. I, I've noticed yeah. that the media is starting to turn on him too. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for them not to. I, I think when it's this blatant, it's up in your face. I think they would. I think the media would go along with their their sacky approved talking points all day long. But when I think you're getting conflicting messages from the establishment, especially the left leaning, the Democrat establishment within the White House, I think you're seeing those fra- those fractures between. You know, there's rumors that there's like Team Kamala, and there's there's Team Biden. Um, who who knows? But I, I do believe that there's an establishment that, that really wants to, you know, go to war with Ukraine. They want to set the stage for <clears throat> more lockdowns here in the States, you know, the further the, uh, the next wave of how they're going to fortify the elections, as they say. And then there's another, then, then there's another agenda there that I think wants to remove Biden and get Biden out of the way so that they can put somebody else in, in power. And it's, yeah, in the media, that, that that's so blatant that I don't think the media can even they they can't they can't soft pitch slow ball that uh that their way out of that one. I mean, I think they can't they can't they they can't afford to lose any more ratings. No, no, that's exactly yeah, that too. There's that very very realistic thing hanging over their head. No, and we wonder why you know people were pissed on January sixth uh, last year. I mean, now that we have a year to kind of reflect on the results of uh, this quote-unquote Trojan horse, um, you know, yeah. I mean, everybody seems to be turning on him. I mean, we talked about, it was a pleasure, by the way, being at your town hall uh, last night and being able to see you speak in person. I, th- I think you're a dynamic speaker in front of people. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate you guys coming out. Yeah, absolutely. We, we definitely follow you anywhere. So, um, you know, I, I just wanted to get your uh, take, too, because I, I asked you um, about Michael Byrd and his reactions and interview on NBC about, um, you know, what transpired on January 6th and Ashley Babbitt, maybe, uh, get into that. You're someone who's served, you know, and been in sure. combat situations. You know, it's pretty wild that we, we, you know, we had that discussion there and it was a good discussion because it, it, we, like you said, it was dynamic. There was, you guys were very well informed on it. There's a couple other folks in the audience are very well informed on it. And then I think just, man, maybe it was last night when I got home or this morning, there's new video that's come out of like what Ashley Babbitt going through the tunnels and talking to the police officers, not the guy who ultimately ended up killing her. Um, she was very peaceful. She was very peaceful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like what, this, this just infuriates me because it's like, where is the rest of the damn video? And it's right. obvious yeah. that like, it, it, at this point, it's obvious like why they're not releasing it because, you know, at first it was the, the officer Sicknick narrative. He was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher that eventually was fully exposed and now they've been doing this whole you know Ashley Babbitt was trying to breach the trying to breach you know further deeper into congress and she deserved to get killed because she was an insurrectionist and so they've been doing everything they can to, to get rid of that that footage um that kind of explains how she got to that place and what she was up to and what she was doing um so yeah i think we have to demand heavily to get the rest of the footage what we talked about last night you know is just 
something that I feel like I, I can I can speak to um, as somebody who's been in a lot of I, I call them shoot or no shoot situations. Uh, this is something that police officers are supposed to be really good at. Uh, for soldiers at war, our, rule, our, our uh, rules of engagement, as we call them, or you know, the threshold is lower. We can we're at war. We can shoot people. Um, in special operations, we really pride ourselves on being way more discretionary in, in, in how we use lethal force. Like from the time I came in, I was a, a young ranger to, to be in a Green Beret. Uh, you're, you know, you're taught to look at the hands, and you don't kill people that you don't need to kill. Um, we're, we're supposed to be more surgical. So, I, I mean, I can say with a pretty high degree of confidence, I've probably been in hundreds of shoot or no shoot, shoot situations. I've trained people to do shoot or no shoot situations. And to me, just from the little bit of footage we've seen, and there's probably more out there, um, I, I believe that there was no way, there was no reason whatsoever to kill Ashley Babbitt, you know. Um, and, and I know, and I, I do believe there's a, a much more darker narrative behind January 6th with the federal infiltration and, you know, you look at who benefits from all this. However, in, in high stress situations, uh, people usually react. Uh, people don't, uh, there's a saying that I really like that people don't rise to the occasion. They fall to their lowest level of training and, and looking at the, uh, the weapons handling skills of officer bird. Um, I, I still kind of believe, and it's hard to prove what was going through the guy's head. I kind of think he was very, I think he was freaking out and well, took that shot for, for whatever reason, probably because he had really sloppy control over his weapon. I don't think he really hit him pointing the weapon at her in the first place. With, um, with, with what you're saying, kind of uh, uh, just douses some of the Democratic views about, I mean, I don't think we train our police for, force enough. Or, or, I mean, no, I mean, they, they get no training. They don't have any sort of expertise. I mean, they kind of get basic training and that's it. It's like, we need to give them more training because ongoing. If, if you if you have a, a reason to just pull your gun out, I mean, she had to try. She had to try to climb through a window that somebody else broke out. Like he yeah. could have had a lot more time to shoot her after she fell through the window and then landed on the sure. ground. And I mean, yeah, there's no reason to. Sh- no, I mean, it, none of it made any sense to me, like why he was, you know, you see other police officers in that incident, like the, the cops that she's talking to right before that. None of them have their firearms drawn, no. you know, no. they're having a casual car and then he comes running around and you do see this in stressful situations. You see people that freak out or who have a less, you know, amount of training. I worked a lot with indigenous soldiers. I worked a lot with like regular army guys, national guard guys, different levels of training. And in a high stress situation, which I don't doubt that January 6th was high stress. You, you will see more well-trained people being way more, you know, well, well-reserved. And then like to get a guy to run around the corner, pointing his gun at freaking everybody with his finger on the trigger and accidentally shooting somebody like bird did. Like I've seen that in real life. I've not, I wasn't there on January 6th, but I've seen that a scenario very similar to that, you know, a couple times over where it's like, why the hell did that guy start shooting? You know, you, you, you know, know what it reminds me, buddy. It reminded me of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial where the, uh, um, uh, prosecutor drew the uh, gun and pointed it out the jury, <laughs> and it's like you don't point a gun put your if you know any. Finger. No, you don't. You don't. Well, you just don't point a gun at anything you don't intend to shoot. Sure, right. You know, so if he already had his gun point pulled out, he could have easily lowered his hand, had his gun down by his knee. And raised it back up if there was an issue. I, but I, he yeah. kept it there. And so that the more you keep it up there, the more tense you get, the more trigger finger you kind of respond to. I mean, 
it, it, it was a poorly trained individual, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, and then I mean, and then there's a narrative there that you know, that I think the Democrats are, are you know, the Democrats and, and the left and the national security state, they're they're really good at ex- immediately exploiting it and saying like, okay, are we going to run this guy? the ringer or, or are we just going to exploit the culture that we've created that says that every single one of these people is a horrible terrorist worthy of killing and so then they just run with that and they paint this picture that ashley babbitt was this you know crazy psychopath trump supporter that was you know single-handedly all 115 pounds of her with her american flag cape were going to you know run in and assassinate lawmakers like the the whole thing when you say it out loud it just sounds absurd but that basically is their argument that she had I, I, feel, I hope in retrospect uh i know this doesn't do anything good about her her life or existence, but I hope she is totally remembered as a true patriot that was a positive An person. Innocent I mean, person. I, yeah. I I think the truth I mean, will come I mean, out, and you know what? That's one thing that I I I can't get over that Joe is so bold to just go after and speak the truth. And uh, you know, you're saying what everybody's right? thinking. And, um, you know, the same thing with like the just locally here in our state, the Washington wax that you are helping expose the 246.100104, you know, just today, the UK decided to say, hey, no more mass mandates. I mean, you saw it. Boris Johnson. That's pretty big. That's huge. That's really big. And then Israel even said something about natural immunity being superior. So. In Starbucks too, uh, of, yeah. all, of all companies, that right here, not gonna require a vaccine. <laughs> I mean, like the, the the narrative is fading, and so I mean, I do think you're going to see some rational actors. Like, you know, I don't want to give Boris Johnson too much credit. I certainly don't want to give Starbucks. Credit. <laughs> um, and then Israel, who you know, I support Israel. I think usually they're pretty smart and rational about things, but they lost their damn lives with COVID. They really did. I mean, and their their, their sponsorship with Pfizer and all that. But to have these these entities, you know, this isn't like Texas or something that said, like, we're not doing this anymore. This is it's pretty significant how all three of them, you know, to varying degrees said that, like, hey, the narrative really is kind of bullshit. and We're not doing it anymore. I mean, especially Starbucks. I think Starbucks at the end of the day was like, we need to get people in our stores drinking our coffee. And we need to get our employees in here working. Um, and that's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tragedy that it took us two years to get to. Um, but I do think you're going to see a lot of people. Um, just human nature, man. I think you're going to see a lot of people that have based their entire identity, their financial interests, and just like their who they are right now on this COVID narrative. And it's hard. I, 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 I commend everyone who has said, hey, we got this wrong and they're making adjustments right now, because that's one of the hardest things in human nature to do. Um, so I, I fear right now people like Biden, people like Inslee that are, that are in power, they're going to be like, no. You know, the only reason that anything's going wrong right now is because of disinformation and unvaccinated people. Um, that's the human. That's what the human nature, I think, says to do. I mean, I saw this a lot in the military. It was the, we we had invested so much in the war on terror. It was hard for me personally, and I think hard for a lot of a lot of folks like me that invested our lives in the wars to be like, hey, this is this is bullshit, and we're being lied to. It's hard to do. It's it's totally anti-human nature. I mean, that's the whole, that's how casinos are built, right? You, you, you keep doing the same thing yeah. and expecting a different result. Like, I, I'm going to, somebody in here is going to hit jackpot, man. Right. Keep putting money in the slot. So, Joe, I want to respect yeah. your time. I appreciate you out there, you know, being a champion of truth. Um, how can people support you? 
yeah, just go to JoeKempForCongress.com. Um, any kind of donation really helps. I'm not getting any of that corporate PAC money. Uh, we're staying alive with just small donations. And then come out and see us. There's a little event tab right there, or just follow us on social media. There's links there. We're on uh, all the main ones, but we're also on Getter. I know you guys are really active on there, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, JoeKempForCongress.com is kind of the touch point for everything. We'll be in Battleground if you're in Clark County. We'll be in Battleground at Rocky's Pizza on uh, 503 tomorrow night for a, for a town hall. Right on. Hey, hey, t- t- talking about a town hall, that town hall I was at the other night with you, I took a couple of notes. And uh, I really dug, I mean, I, I dug it. A lot of what you talk about and a lot of what you talked about, I kind of preempt our uh, podcast on that. But I wanted to ask you on uh, you talked about unchecked political violence. Yeah. And you brought up Antifa, Black Lives Matter. And I was also interested in the DA's refusing to prosecute criminals, allowing them to stab innocent people in L.A. at a furniture store. And it's like that's kind of the part of what you're trying to do is like hold people accountable. Like if you commit a crime, I mean, seriously, if you commit a crime, I mean, you're not, if you cannot pay for the groceries and the TV equipment, you're pulling, you're stealing out of a Best Buy. Well, then you can pay with your time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have to restore law and order, and we know how to do this, too. I mean, this is something like, how, how long have Americans and humans been living in cities and had laws? Like, this is something that we know how to do, and the fact that it's eroded to this extent, I mean, again, man, I'm not a huge, like, there's a there's a back room somewhere where all these conspiracies are being drawn up, but this is, this to me is very basic. I mean, there's one class that's really um, benefiting from this, this chaos and this tyranny and this anarchy, and that's the, the ruling elites. I mean, they want basically us locked down in fear waiting for them to protect us. Um, we have to live by their utmost rules, but the criminals, I mean, they can use, they can turn on the violence to make the cities a living hell, to shut down small businesses, to attack a poor young girl who's, I think she was like working, it was like her college job, you know? Yeah. Like we, mm-hmm. we don't want young people out there working. We want them locking, locked down, living in fear, uh, stacking up debt. Um, like that, it, it's just absolute insanity. And the same thing that destroyed all of our cities out here in, in the Pacific Northwest. Like, yeah, I want to hold the criminals accountable, but then going after these DAs, I think, uh, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but the DA who just was sworn in, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the attorney general of Virginia that was just sworn in, who went and fired oh, a bunch of I mean, that's the template right there, man. Like that is, that's the new gold standard. Yes. And I think Republicans, we need to start holding our attorney generals I, to that. Like, are you, that's the, that's the number one question you ask an attorney general. Are you going to fire all these Soros DAs day one? Yes or yes. no? Gone. Thank God. <laughs> They're gone. And, and, and no, and the thing is, Yunkin has three solid people, him. He does the DA and uh, what, what, what's the uh, I'm, uh, the woman's name? I forget Sears. her name. Yeah, There's, Lieutenant Sears. Yeah, and yeah, there. I I I fear like uh, I'm a big uh, um, uh, the governor recall race with uh, Gavin Newsom. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Can't bring it up right now. Um, Oh, elders. The Larry elders. Larry elders. Yeah. 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 And they were throwing eggs at him. I mean, seriously, if anything slanderous is coming from anybody, it's from the other side. But the thing is, is that like the whole thing with that, I mean, it's just amazing. They do not support anybody on the other side. If you don't think the way they do 
and you're the right color, uh, you're still off. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I, I talked about, I can't remember if we got into it last night or whatever. I, I think the whole race thing and the whole woke and theory, I, I think that's just a big distraction, man. You know, that's a way, that's just a big distraction device that you can throw at people and be like, oh, get the racist fighting again. You know, talk about racial crap. Let's get them all pissed off about that. Let's, let's start talking about how important gay rights and trans rights are. And that's how we run our agenda that just tramples over all these people, you know, like you look at the, the, the way that woke is offensively used, you know, by the corporate media and by the corporate, you know, the major uh, corporations, by social media and all that. It's the same thing too. It's like, they're going to, they're just going to turn everything into some kind of BS race issue. And it's like, no, we're, we're, we really don't care about that. We care about the fact that you're burning our cities down. It, yeah. So you guys can call us racist all day long. Right. So all, facts, all facts hear, over feelings. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, well, if, if you're an American, you're American. That's it. If you're American, yeah. you're American. I don't care about your, your color. I appreciate your culture because I've enjoyed everybody's culture. It's like, you know, tacos and R&B and everything. But the thing is, it's like, am I not supposed to enjoy those things anymore now because I am a certain color? It's yeah, I, it, I mean, it's very confusing. It's very confusing in society. It's like... Right. Yeah, it's just, it's just absurd. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all just diversionary tactics. They want us fighting over that stuff. But they'll keep moving the, the goalpost just to keep people mixed up and fighting. You know, the last thing they want is, you know, again, the working class, the most diverse class we have in our country to wake up and realize they're all being screwed over by the same people. I mean, because the, the whole anarcho tyranny that we're talking about, who, who does that hurt? I mean, that hurts people that can't afford to live in a gated community with private security guards, <laughs> you know, which is the vast majority of us working stiffs, like the, the super white, super elite, like they've segregated themselves, but they're the ones that are pumping in all the woke doctrines. So you kind of got to look at like, what's the, what's the strategy here? Why are they doing that? Right. It, is it bad every, is it bad every time I hear moving the goalposts, the first person I think about is Dr. Fauci? Yeah, no, I mean, he should be the poster boy for it. I mean, that's the... Yeah, he's him and his whatever, however, however much money we're paying that guy, you know, to, to move the goalpost and have the media run along with it. And yeah, <clears throat> I'll be interested to see how much longer Fauci can can last before they they cast him off too, because I think his his uh, his his cover is slowly fading. Right on. Well, hey Joe, I like I said, I don't want to infringe on your time, and uh, you know, you're a busy guy, and keep up the good fight. Man, we will try to support you and get to as many um, events as you can. Can you say one more time where that event's going to be, your next one? Sure, yeah. It's going to be uh, in Battleground at Rocky's Pizza. It's on 503. If you go to com, uh, under the events tab, the full address is there, and then check our social media. We'll, we'll hype it as well. Right on. We'll, re- awesome. we'll repost it too. So, hey, Joe, thank you again for your time, and obviously welcome back anytime. You're, you're a regular here now, practically. <laughs> Love it, man. Right on. I appreciate you guys. Right on, brother. You have a hey, good night. Appreciate you. He's running to represent Washington State in the Congress. He's definitely one of the good guys. We're honored to have him on our show tonight. Joe Kent, thanks for coming on. You're the you're the first in our lineup this evening. So I just I'd ask you for your your baseline perceptions here. What do you think of what you've seen today? Well, today has been an absolute tragedy. But unfortunately, I think we're seeing over uh, nearly two decades of lies come unraveling. The U.S. military has been saying for nearly two decades we've built this Afghan government and this Afghan army and that they were worthy of the sacrifice of our brave young men and women and that they would hold. And then we're also seeing the lies of the Biden administration come unfolding as well. There was a hard plan and a deal to get us out by May, but Biden did not want to execute President Trump's plan to get us out by May, the deal that he negotiated from a position of strength. Instead, he wanted to cut a separate 
separate deal, his own deal, that gave the Taliban three months of prime fighting season time to plan this assault that we're seeing now. And now we are completely at the mercy of the Taliban, and our troops are hostages, essentially. And we are not taking proactive steps to go on the offensive to get our people out of there. We're prioritizing refugees and anyone but Americans. It's an absolute disgrace. It does seem pretty clear that in a situation like this, obviously it's complex, lots of moving parts. You know, I always give people the benefit of the doubt to some extent because, you know, it's hard. But any normal person who loved his country would say job one is getting our citizens out. That comes before everything else. There's no question. I mean, anybody, any normal person would decide to do that. But they haven't. Why? No, that's absolutely correct. The only reason that I can think of is just the culture that the Biden administration has set from day one. They opened up our southern border. They're letting thousands of illegal refugees in that way, illegal immigrants pushed in by the cartel. The Biden administration's national security establishment ran by Lloyd Austin, Blinken, Sullivan, all of them. They are part of this culture that believes America is a power in dissent and that we are not a unique nation or an important nation. And that culture has echoed throughout the national security apparatus. And now we are prioritizing getting Afghans out of the country. And the only reason that I can think of to get all these Af unvetted Afghans out as fast as we are trying to get them out is to pump even more refugees into the heartland of this country. That seems to be the top priority of this administration. And again, it's a complete and total disgrace, and it's completely and totally reckless. So you're part of the despised group that actually fights our wars. You know, working-class kid from the Pacific Northwest. You joined young. You got married. Your wife was killed fighting one of these wars. I mean, how much of their contempt do you feel personally as you watch them make these decisions? I feel an incredible amount of uh, contempt and, re and resentment. So my wife was killed about a month after Trump attempted to get our troops out of Syria the first time. Every time that we attempt to end a war, the military-industrial complex fails catastrophically. Under Trump, they double-crossed him and lied every step of the way to leave our troops in harm's way. He tried to get us out of Afghanistan as well. He finally came up with a deal to get us out in May. The military-industrial complex has now lied to President Biden. They did not prepare us to get out right now, according to Biden's timeline. Biden should have never made that deal. He should have had us out in May. And the military-industrial complex should have not lied to a duly elected president that's President Trump, not President Biden. They shouldn't have lied to either one, and they should have had a plan to get us out, but it's clear that they didn't. I can feel the contempt. The politicians and the military-industrial complex, the unelected bureaucrats, they treat us just as cannon fodder to make their political gains, and we do not have to take that anymore. This is our country, and we need to start taking it back. It's all crumbling apart right now, the illegitimacy of the Biden administration and the illegitimacy of our permanent ruling class. Man, you're making me upset just hearing those words because they're, they're, they're so clearly true. And I think anyone listening tonight who's lived in this country for the last 20 years knows that ex what you said is exactly right. And my last question to you, not to increase the level of bitterness here, but there are a lot of people responsible for the debacle that we're seeing now for the deaths of those 13 Marines, the Navy corpsmen, today. And you wonder if any of them will ever be held accountable for what they did. They will be held accountable. We are going to take the House and the Senate back in 2022, and we are going to hold a full inquiry on all of our wars, starting with this incident, starting with this botched withdrawal, and essentially working our way backwards. We know that we've been we've been lied to about Afghanistan for years now. The Afghan papers right. that came out last year that the media ran coverage for, that all started to expose the lies. We know Iraq was based on lies. There will be accountability when we take our country back, and that's why I'm running for Congress, to take this nation back. Man, we are rooting for you. Joe Kent of Washington State, thanks so much.
My name is Joe Kent. I'm an America First Republican running against Congresswoman Butler. Congresswoman Butler voted for the impeachment of President Trump with the Democrats. The Pacific Northwest has always been my home. I grew up camping and hiking throughout the Cascade Mountain Range and exploring the Columbia River Valley Gorge and Boy Scouts. I was fascinated by the outdoors. Inspired by the Rangers from the famous Black Hawk Down incident in 1993 in Mogadishu, I enlisted in the Army at age 18 and earned my way into Ranger Regiment and eventually Special Forces. When our nation was attacked on 9-11, I was exactly where I wanted to be, defending my country. Throughout 11 combat deployments, I saw the failures of the government establishment, keeping us at war in the Middle East. I became an America First Republican after watching our government lie about regime change wars and ship our economy overseas. In the midst of continual combat, I met and married my soulmate, Shannon Kent, a fellow warrior and special operator. Shannon blessed me with two sons and a loving family life. I plan to continue to serve our nation abroad, fighting our enemies overseas, until the 16th of January, 2019, when Shannon was killed fighting ISIS in Mandij, Syria. I was devastated. I left my job in the intelligence community and returned home to the Pacific Northwest. But peace wasn't in store for us. Shortly after we returned home, I watched Portland and Seattle devolve into nightly riots and lawlessness, once beautiful cities destroyed by the left's quest for power. I wanted to do something to stop the downward spiral that our society was headed. In 20 years of fighting on the battlefields and through my wife's death, I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of failed policy. The events of 2020, including the lockdowns, riots, and a presidential election manipulated by a cabal of technocrats and bureaucrats, followed by a sham impeachment, a sham impeachment that our congresswoman voted for, made it clear to me that I had to go forward and fight once more. I've never been someone who can ask others to go and fight for me. That's why I'm asking to go fight for you in Congress, just like I did throughout my 11 combat deployments. I view this fight in Congress as a continuation of the oath that I took 23 years ago. I'm here to support and defend the Constitution and to fight for my fellow Americans. The entire time I was fighting overseas, I lived by the motto, if not me, then who? If not when, but now, send me. Together, we can elect someone to replace Congresswoman Butler who won't betray our values. I actually thought that went super awesome. Yeah, it went great. I was very happy to get Joe back on. Like, Tucker loves Joe, and so does Steve oh. Bannon. He knows what he's doing. Just kind of let him rift with it. I, I, I think I might have inter. I, I think I might jumped in a little bit too much. But I, like, like you, you were like, you told me like have questions ready. Like, boom, ask, get them, shut up, ask them, shut up. Well, I'd like, you know, so I'd like, like to have him on, you know, as a regular, you know, like let's react, you know, to the headlines, the top fifteen, you know, give him fifteen minutes just to riff on. You know, Biden. Too. Yeah. So just uh, Joe Kent, brother, you're always welcome back to this show. Uh, we support oh, you. Oh, are we back online? Are we online? 10%. We... Yeah, we've been online, dude. Glenn Beck just picked up our story about our protest, what, yesterday? With Tucker Carlson, and I mentioned a meeting of the Washington State Board of Health that allegedly planned to discuss, and I'm going to quote, allowing local health officers to use law enforcement uh, to enforce emergency orders to involuntarily detain a person or persons, families, to be isolated in a quarantine facility following refusal to voluntarily comply with requests for medical examination, testing, treatment, counseling, and vaccination. 
So the next afternoon, this was, I think, yesterday, uh, the news website, uh, Mediaite, uh, jumped on the story and fact-checked me. And in some ways, they got it right. But in other ways, it turns out that both Mediaite and myself were missing the context. Uh, I shared that claim before having all of the information that I needed. Uh, I, I broke one of my own rules, uh, and it was a mistake. I went and I looked it up, and I saw that it was... Uh, on a coming meeting, and it was on uh, record with the uh, st with the uh, state house. So I just assumed. But since the interview, my team has been seriously investigating what's going on in Washington State and the Board of Health, and trying to get to the bottom of where the claim about involuntary quarantine facilities came from. This is really important if you're in Washington State or anywhere else. Here's the full story. Just last week, news began to circulate through the citizens of Washington State about a January 12th Washington State Board of Health meeting. Widely shared claim that the meeting that they would be uh, holding would propose giving local health officers the ability to use law enforcement to involuntarily detain citizens who refuse to comply with testing, treatment, and vaccinations. This rumor woke a beast in the state of Washington. Around 7,500 people signed up to speak at the meeting and voice their concerns. The Board of Health received so much unexpected attention that they quickly worked out to put the clarification on their plans. Uh, and it was called Clarifying Online Misinformation about January Self State Board of Health Public Meeting. In the memo, the Board of Health expressed that there would be no discussion of quarantine facilities or of adding the COVID vaccine to the list of vaccines required to attend public school in the state, blah, 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 blah. Um, the board did discuss adding COVID vaccine to the immunization requirements, but they said a final decision is still far off on that. This goes to the lack of credibility. No one believes our state officials. No one believes the state boards. Nobody believes in science and the medical experts and our governors and our, our law enforcement officials in Congress. This is a real problem. So it takes people to go and actually look at these things. We had our staff, one member of our staff, Michaela, she spent all day yesterday watching this, um, uh, this hearing. As far as quarantine facilities go, the cat was already out of the bag, and the concerned citizens in their attempt to learn about the new rule stumbled onto the fact that the rule they were most concerned about has been on the books since 2003. It's uh, the uh, Law Order 246-140, Procedures for Isolation or Quarantine. And here's what it says. At his or her sole discretion, a local health officer may issue an emergency detention order causing a person or group of persons to immediately detain for purposes of isolation or quarantine in accordance with subsection 3 of this section may pertain superior court ex parte in order to take a person or group persons involuntary detention for purchase for purposes of isolation or quarantine so the code is already there the law is already there you don't need to pass any more laws. You don't need to do anything. It's your local health official can say, you know what, we're going to do that. 
Now, the code says this can be done only after the health officer has requested voluntary compliance with, quote, requests for medical examination, testing, treatment, counseling, vaccination, decontamination of persons or animals, isolation, quarantine, and inspection and closure of facilities. So they can do this if they've already asked for all the things they've already asked. It says the quarantine can be carried out in private homes or other public or private premises. The law enforcement, according to the law in Washington, says that law enforcement is required to enforce this. Quote, an order issued by a local health officer in accordance with the chapter shall constitute the duly authorized application of lawful rules adopted by the State Board of Health and must be enforced by all police officers, sheriffs, constables, and other officers and employees of any political subdivisions within the jurisdiction of the health department. Okay? This has been on the books in Washington since the last SARS outbreak. This went on to the books in 2003, and nobody caught on to it until now. So the timing makes sense on this. They, somebody finds this on the books. They see that they're going to have a hearing. They're worried about quarantines because of what's happening all over in the uh, world. And uh, the, people, the people freak out. They should, because there are places in the world, not here that we know of, uh, but in the world that are secretly setting up quarantine camps. There are people in our own country that would like to deprive people who are not playing by the, quote, rules and getting vaccinations, et cetera, et cetera, denying them health care, denying them entrance in any place. So a claim that the Board of Health completely refutes now they say we're not going to do this it seems that the fear arose from real facilities around the state such as the facility on byron avenue in my old hometown of bellingham the facility was open last april uh and it was open for people who can't self-quarantine for some reason or another the facility is completely voluntary uh and i understand why some washingtonians fear it you know, might start to resemble the facilities in places like Australia. Um, but when people started to see job postings for positions at these facilities, which do in fact exist, but as I said, facilities are completely voluntary as far as we know. If anyone knows differently, we welcome the information. But at the public meeting yesterday, they only allowed for 50 minutes of public comment. So naturally, they didn't get to the 7,500 people that signed up. The few that were able to speak to the board had their microphones muted after a minute and no board members ever directly responded to anyone. One citizen came forward full of passion said, I feel the whole government and health department is lying about things and we deserve to know the truth. The general sentiment of the public was that their faith in public health has been completely shattered, something we have talked about on this program over and over again. And it's going to be Dr. Fauci, uh, our government, our government health officials, the NIAID, the NIH, all of these things have so damaged the credibility that if something really is important, no one's going to listen to them anymore. This is a very bad situation that needs critical care right now. 
so many people, including myself, upon hearing the claim in Washington State was considering involuntary quarantine facilities, we didn't see that as far-fetched because so many things have happened. As it turns out, it is not far-fetched at all. In fact, it is already on the books and has been there since 2003. So the rumor, the rumor is not true that they're trying to get this onto the books. The truth is, it is already on the books. So where did these things cross? Well, apparently, on the docket, uh, the agenda for the meeting mentioned possible action regarding this code, which is this, the administrative code that has the rules for involuntary quarantine that I wrote you, uh, that I just uh, read to you. But it also includes a section related to other communicable diseases. Um, and these are things that they are working on now, how to handle HIV and AIDS. It's a totally different section of 246100, but the majority of the people didn't know that, and that's where the confusion came from. Now, I would like to look at this as a blessing from heaven because it woke people up to rules that are already in place. There are emergency rules that we are under. Uh, Stu, can you look this up? How many emergency declarations does the federal government have currently running? We have things that have been running since the 1980s, and they won't cancel them because it allows emergency powers. All of those emergency powers need to be uh, sunsetted and taken out. In, if you are in Washington state, you have good reason to be jumping uh, uh, about uh, involuntary internment. I, I lived for a while in a great town called Puyallup. At least it used to be. I don't know what it is now. But that was home of one of the internment camps for the Japanese. It is the only time I ever saw my grandfather cry. Uh, was a day that he told me about the Japanese family that was a really great family that lived in a farmhouse right down the street. We passed it. He said a wonderful Japanese uh, uh, family lived there for a while. And one day they were gone um, during the war and they never came back. And a tear rolled down his eye. And uh, I didn't even know what that meant as a kid. But that happened in Washington state. Now, they're saying the Board of Health has never done anything like that. Well, yeah, okay, sure. Well, people didn't build gas chambers either beforehand, and I'm not comparing this to that. I'm just saying you have to think the unthinkable. When people go crazy, people go crazy. When the world melts down, they will look to anything. So they, it's, it's, a, it's a drowning victim. It's somebody who is in the water. They will pull you under to save themselves, even if that's not their intent. So the rules have never been implemented as the board member reminded the audience, they don't need them. You in Washington state and every other state in the union, you need to start scouring your state laws and your emergency procedures and get these things off of the book. You know, all throughout the meeting yesterday, they said they would not be addressing forced quarantine. Uh, and if not at this meeting, will they address it? They were frustrated with all of the public comment because they think we're stupid. We're not stupid. We have a right to know 
This is America. And with all of the things that have happened in this country and all of the things that are happening where they are treating us like the enemy and treating us like our masters, not people that work for us, we have every right to be concerned and we have every responsibility on our backs to make sure that the lines are never, ever crossed. I feel like we, I have to say, we have to respect each other, not let our anger control us. There were people that were warning the board that if they continue to violate the people's trust, they would create an uprising that they wouldn't believe, et cetera, et cetera. This is the battle of ideas, and you must remain calm. And as Lincoln said, let us have the faith that right makes might. And in that faith, let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. Right really does make might. When you are on a righteous cause, there is not much that can hold it back unless you become unrighteous. Go into your state houses and get these things removed. Start working through the process right now. We need all of the local and state protections for our rights as possible. This is a clarion call and I hope the final word on this from Washington State. He's got a fundraiser. Uh, if you go to JoeKentForCongress.com, uh, you can uh, have a picture, make a private uh, reception, I believe even dinner with him at Mar-a-Lago, uh, and it, Trump's hosting the whole thing. It's a fundraiser for Joe, and uh, if you can, you can swing it, get down there. It's February 2nd, and uh, JoeKentForCongress.com is where you can uh, get more info on that. So I want to try and make it. You know, Diggs and I would love to go to Florida. Freedom, Florida. Florida. Never run out of things to say, do we? It's always something totally corrupt. And uh, we'll keep bringing it to you. So make sure you follow us on Spotify. Uh, like Joe said, uh, Getter is the place to talk to us. Uh, that's where we share uh, the videos that we talk about. That is where, uh, if you want to talk to us directly, please send us a message. Uh, you can also participate in the show by calling 206-399-5063. That is our direct number. You can call it, leave us voicemail, tell us how we're doing, or send us a text uh, with uh, stories, things like that. So uh, we love you, and uh, thanks again, Joe. We really appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some commentary. Bye-bye. Peace.